Welcome. To Arcade Audio. episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Hi. What's going on? Way to bring it down, man. Hey. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Bringing everything to a crashing, stressed, life-ridden halt. Chris Mullet experience, live on Married with Movies. Mm. You're not doing anything else. You're just on your phone, dicking around, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. And just not even saying words, just making noises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll just keep talking, and by the end of it, people will want to jump off a bridge. Great, great. I'm so glad you have such high standards for our podcast. Such is life. If you're new here, apparently our lives suck, and uh, we talk about movies. Our lives do not suck. I'm just That's how you make it tired and stressed. Oh, poor baby. What? I'm not allowed to, like... I didn't say that. I was just saying poor baby. Very sarcastically. No, I just said poor baby. No, you went poor baby. How did I do it? Poor baby. No, I didn't do it like that. I said poor baby. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You're a liar. Rewind the tape. not rewinding anything. Not a goddamn thing. I hate this couch. I can't be comfortable on this couch doing this podcast. I don't know why. I don't know why. Arguably, you'd be more comfortable because you have more room. Because we don't have the console in between. Yeah, but it just feels unnatural. This recorder's down here. Looks sad. Not as elevated as it normally is. Rather than being elevated two inches. No, I'm down here. That's the iPad. Look. (laughs) Oh, man. You guys are in for quite a show today, apparently. It's June 16th, 2022. This airs tomorrow in like four hours. You woke up Jillian. No, I didn't. The heat woke her up. Our house is hot as fuck. We have a new air conditioning. We live in fucking Florida where the humidity was like 107 today. So it doesn't matter what temperature you put your air conditioning to be at. Everything's fucking hot. Whether it's this house or the house we're about to move into. Because we closed on a new house on Tuesday. And the husband almost hung himself from the fan before <laughs> we got into the true. fucking house. I'm That's telling you. That's not true. We bought the house of a, divo- a sad divorced couple, and the husband went to California and just, like, couldn't be found. So I got into my house a day later, and as I got into my house, it was, like, 86 degrees because he wanted to sweat his fucking brains well, out. in here? You can't, you can't extrapolate I started that. a new job today, and it's very busy, and it's very stressful, and nothing could go wrong in my life. Everything is great, and I hate it. That's where I'm at right now. All right? Mm-hmm. So deal with it. Thanks. Um, if you're new here, <laughs> we, 
we talk about our lives, and we talk about the random movie that we watch from our massive movie collection that's currently probably getting warped in our garage because of how hot it is. Um, I'll be very mad if we get to our house and none of our movies work because they've had to be in the garage for two months, and I, then I have to rebuy all movies for the money we don't have that we're putting into our floors and our paints, and... I just snow. I snowball more. I just don't understand. And Tim Anderson's mouth in 2010. Superbird. Um, oh boy. I just don't. The understand Chicago how White you Sox get, player. I just don't understand how you get there. How do I get where? To this tangent you just went on. I about just do. Okay, but dude, dude. Dude, what? Don't talk to me like you're fucking Keanu Reeves. Cut yourself some slack, man. Cut myself what slack? Just enjoy the moment. I have a high, what moment am I going to enjoy? It is, my back is sweating sitting in my own home. Oh, great. Cool. At least you're not here the entire day in the hottest part of the house working. No, I was working a stressful oh. job that like nobody's oh. preparing me to do. Great. How cold was it in your office today? Oh, it was fine. It was oh, yeah. Okay, nice. cool. But why can't you fucking, it's a big office building. Like, why is that not hot? Oh, there's no windows. Why are, windows suck. Why do we have windows? What's the point of windows? So you can... So you can I don't want to see outside. It's hot outside. It's miserable outside. Outside the world. I don't want to see the fucking world. Oh, man. Put like I don't a, know how we can recover like, us from this. Put, like, a mural instead of a window. Like, a nice, like, brick drawing mm-hmm. instead of a window. Of the outside. Like, artists are good nowadays. Just paint me outside on a... On not a window. <laughs> Oh boy. So, speaking of the outside, this movie takes place in the outside. Oh my god. That's no, the best, no, 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 I don't want to talk about anything else with you. Okay. We can just... Who's your MVP, LVP, score it, and be done. Oh, okay. That easy? We could we could knock out so many of these in a row if we just did that. No, because we're just, like... We're just, like, movie reviewer Ollie Williams. <laughs> That's all we have. Hey, Ollie, what do you think of this movie? It's a six! That wasn't Ollie... I don't know who you're talking about. I don't so. know who I'm talking to. I don't know who I'm talking <laughs> at. I have no idea where I am right now. Man. Well, you're obviously on the less comfortable couch that the mullets own. But you want a cape! Because it's a three-seater versus a two-seater. It's more inclusive of What, so our daughter can sit in her two parents like me my entire life? You turned out okay. Look at me right now. I'm a mess. Yeah, but at least we have something to... to joke about she's got a good sense of humor it's fine she doesn't get it happy father's day (laughs) couple days Uh, next time we record we'll have a movie to review and analyze I also have a movie to review and talk about quickly because on top of the movies we own and we watch together for this podcast and and the many different gimmicks in which we have them uh, if there's something that's new or that we don't own that we watch, I make sure to cover it here on the show ahead of time. So uh, I finally, after what, three months, watched The Batman. 
uh, on one of my last days of my other job where I wasn't doing much of anything. I just sat my ass at home and was logged into my computer and watched the Batman. All three hours of it. And if you know me and you've been listening to the show, you know that I... Batman's like my all-time favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. Batman animated series is my all-time favorite uh, animated series. I love Dark Knight's in my is my second favorite movie of all time. Batman's important to me, uh, and I did not have high hopes for this movie. And thankfully, those hopes were largely incorrect. Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I dug most of it. There were still three or four things I could have gone without mm-hmm. that I didn't like, mostly how fucking long it was. Sure. Um, and some other some other gripes and critiques, but for the most part, I thought it was wonderfully casted and acted. I think they got the tone and the mood down of what they were going for. Okay. Um, I, I, not to that extent, potentially. Uh, there were some stylistic things that, you know, I questioned. Um, and where the future of it goes, but I found myself enjoying a lot of it. I thought it was a good Batman movie. If I had to rank it, after a first viewing, it probably would be definitely below Dark Knight, definitely below Batman and Batman Returns, definitely... I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. I'd have to like literally sit and think of every single Batman thing and rank it, but... It'd be definitely top half, 100%. Maybe even top 10. Wow. So, uh, if you haven't seen The Batman, check The Batman out. I'm also currently almost done binge-watching WMAC Masters on YouTube. It was a 1997... uh, No, I think it started in 95 and ran through 97. Two seasons of this uh, kids karate show. Uh, Have you been watching it for a while? I started it... Last weekend? Last weekend, yes. Cool, cool. So, you fell asleep on the couch. Yeah, yeah. And I started watching Fine. it, and, and then, I just kept watching yeah, it. Yeah, and then you left it on, so when Jillian came Good. downstairs in the morning, she turned it on, she's like, what is this? And she immediately changed it. Oh, she should, it's like Power Rangers. Fuck her. She should have liked that. She likes the Power Rangers. She didn't. She was it was like right on it. before or after the Power Rangers, I want to say. She's not into it. Man, get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> Kicker to the crowd. Shout out, they're, uh, they're, they're writing a book, about uh, an oral history about WMEC Masters. I'm uh, hoping. Cool. And I'm looking for some toys. We got some beats on some WMEC Masters toys. Take them somewhere else. I'll take them. Take them somewhere else. Toy room, my toy museum. I, that's why I want to make sure the temperature in our house. The toy museum, you know, we're going to charge admission have people come in and take a look at it. No one's going to pay shit to come, come see my toys. toys. They might come pay and see my toys, listener. The one listener. Yeah, because you're not going to charge anyone else. I'm going to charge. If you walk in my house, I'm like iced tea's home. Man, you want some Skittles? There's a vending machine downstairs or a dollar. You want to come see my toys? Five bucks to get in this room. Where are you going? <laughs> That's the only room actually in the house that has a lock on the outside. Not yeah. that interesting. Funny. It was just an observation. This wasn't meant to be funny. Oh, it was an actual thing? Yeah, legitimately. Oh, I thought you were making a, a joke that I didn't understand. No, it legitimately was the only one with the lock on the outside oh, of the door. Worthless. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, who did they lock in here? Do you have anything to add? I just No. No, never. Never. I don't even know why you're on the show anymore. It should just no, be, I, I'm married and I have movies. I don't have any time to watch things. Because when I work, I actually have to work. I can't work and watch a movie. 
Because when calls. you're not working, all you do is you play like your your cookie crunch games and your I'll play there's your another game called Cookie Crunch. Mystic Knights no. Angel Farts. No. You know, whatever. No. And you sleep. Yeah. That's all you do. I, I have to have a lot of sleep. Because my brain burns so much of my energy. I have to sleep to remember. Oh my god, today's movie is dry. Read the package. <laughs> that's the biggest horse shit I've ever heard. That's great. That's part great. of our uh, uh, pick 'em off series, or whatever the fuck it's called. This was nominated back in, I believe, 2016 or 2015. You picked Crash instead. So we finally got to watch Drive 10 years later. From the first time we watched it, because I believe it's only the second time I've ever seen this movie. We I saw it in theaters. That's right. And I don't think we've ever watched it since. I think that's correct. So here we are. Drive. Drive is brilliant. One of the most unexpected and exciting film experiences of this or any other year, says Pete Hammond, Box Office Magazine. I, I, it must be I, Peter Hammond, I thought. Well, now it's Pete. Maybe it's a different person. Um, I, I, what? They have like names. I think that you lied and you actually do like this couch because you constantly lean over, get all up in my grill. The whole point of this couch is that it's big and you can be on that side, I can be on this side. Well, I'm checking to make sure you don't mess up any words. I'm not going to mess up any words. You were close on drive is whatever. I wasn't listening. I don't even listen to you read. (laughs) Great. See, because this guy's Peter, so you can't have Mm -hmm. two. Otherwise, it defeats the purpose. Brilliant. You can get buzzed just from the fumes coming off this wild thing. That's really inappropriate. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Ryan Gosling stars as a Hollywood stunt driver for movies by day who moonlights as a wheelman for criminals by night. Though a loner by nature, Driver can't help falling in love with his beautiful neighbor Irene, Carrie Mulligan, a young mother dragged into a dangerous underworld by the return of her ex-convict husband. After a heist goes wrong, Driver finds himself driving def- defense one. Damn it. for the girl he loves, tailgated by a syndicate of deadly serious criminals, Albert Brooks and Ron Perlman. I didn't know tailgated was a word like that. Soon he realizes the gangsters are after more than the bag of cash and is forced to shift gears and go on the offense. How many fucking car puns? But don't hit the Damn. brakes! Oh, that, that's his next line. No, I'm just kidding. That's one for you. Is that even us back uh, up again? No, I have uh, 19, you have 18. Ooh, I'm in a head. Ooh, we're nine, even, dog. 19 to 18. Are we, we're uh, even, dog. So, 25. to be clear, we're, yeah, we're in a reading challenge. If you mess up 25 times or more, once you hit 25, you lose. But we're making sure that it's even, right? So, like, if you hit 25 and I have one more package to read, it has to be even. Okay, so we're just making sure. Yes, we have to, yes. Like, yeah. so if, if you hit 25 on your next one, I got to read one because right now we've read the same amount of titles. Gotcha. Okay. So far. So, like we said just a few moments ago, uh, we saw this in theaters when it came out back in 2011, 2010, something like that. Uh, okay. 2011 is when this came out. Saw it in theaters because it had, this is one of those uh, indie, like, potential breakthrough I mean, mainstream sh- indie movies yeah. that doesn't like that doesn't equal the mainstream success it's predicted for it but is still regarded in you know film circles and in 
you know, retrospective light online as uh, a favorite. I also think that the director, Nicholas Winding Renth, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Thank God I didn't read this box and his name was on it. Uh, he's released a bunch of, like, pretty wild and bad movies after this, uh, which also starred Ryan Gosling. So his reputation, I think, has also kind of made this movie fall back to the, the, the foreground a little bit. Like, this isn't, like, a cable movie. Like, I don't think I've ever seen this on TV before. Um, which is why, you know, we have it, and I, I, it's great. I think this movie's actually fantastic. Yeah, I think it's great, and, you know, you didn't have to talk me into going to see this. Sure, 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 sure. This was like. Uh, this is like Ryan Gosling. This, this is well. This is right at the time when Ryan Gosling is becoming the A-list star. He's already been nominated for Oscar. He was in the Notebook, but like, yeah, his name is attached to either a, a big hit or a movie that you can trust is going to be right. and, pretty outstanding. And I think like while his, doing very little. <laughs> well, but I think a lot of it is in his method acting. You know, people always talk about oh, they're method actors, method actors. Brian Gosling's, like, legit, like, a method actor. Like, in The Notebook, he actually built furniture like his character does. Mm-hmm. In this movie, he actually... Worked on cars. Worked on cars and stuff like that. So so I think, like, there's so much authenticity in the characters he plays that he doesn't have to do a lot to get across I don't, all I, of those things. I, I didn't mean it in terms of... I think he plays these minimalistic characters like Driver, like his character in Blade Runner. Um, mm. I feel like there's another one that I'm missing or forgetting. That he relies a lot on his on his charisma, and he also relies a lot on kind of the mood and the attitude of the movie. That and the combination of him takes it pretty far. No, I'm not saying that the, he doesn't do the opposite because in Crazy Stupid Love, I mean, he's chewing fucking scenery. Like, he's yeah. he's the most outgoing, you know, gregarious, charismatic dude on the fucking planet. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see him, you know, the dichotomy of him. And this is, I mean, I think one of the best examples of it because this movie's just fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great movie. It's... It's just there's there's nothing suspenseful and beautiful. Um, the use of light, the background of light, of music, music of mm-hmm. pacing, um, just like it's calm but it's violent yes. and yes, the juxtaposition and of loud. the stunts and then just driving like it, like the story. Is wild. N- no, I'm I think it's it. wild. The story is incredibly simple. I <laughs> there think is it's no- wild. There is nothing inherently interesting, or uh, this it sounds like it's a slam, but it's not. I'm, I'm trying to make a point. There's nothing interesting or unique about the story itself, which is adapted from a book, which I believe I have and I have not read. I um, think you do have it, and I would like to read it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a stuntman who moonlight... I mean, the, the, first, the part of it's kind of like Baby Driver-ish. Not, I mean, this was before right. Baby Driver. You have a, uh, an eccentric wheel man um, who gets caught up in the wrong thing. That's like what the, I think is wild, though. Just So, yes, the overarching story, I think, is very... Simple and straightforward, and you don't have to do a lot of thinking to understand what's going on. 
But I just think the little bits and pieces that they put into it are wild, and I love it. I'm, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I love the character interactions, and, like, you have, uh, you know, his mentor, and then the guy who backs him monetarily, and then this other... Nino. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does become a little... Like, it, then it just becomes more wild, but then it... It's also very happenstance of, like, yes. how things fall very in line. Very much so. You know. Very much so, but it... Yeah, so, I yeah. I just think it it's interesting to watch. Like, it's not... When you say, like, there's nothing interesting about the story, like, y- y- yes, in the most basic way, but... I don't want to stop watching it uh, exactly. because it's, of the characters that they develop, because of the way that they make it go from point A to point Z, like all the things in between. I would argue that this is a style over substance movie. Again, not a slight or a, a, a diss to the movie, but the style, the sort of 80s retro cool throwback, you know, that early... Michael Mann, uh, you know, VHS cool chic mm. drapes over a simplistic story that is portrayed by a wonderful cast. When you fuse those things together, you get an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. I think it would almost be, because so, the movie is so stoic and patient in a lot of times, especially early on, because mm. then you basically explode in the last, 20 minutes, you know, it's, and it's not a long movie either. I think it's a hundred minutes, but kind of like right on the dot. Um, but you, it's so stoic and patient, almost to a detriment. It toes that line and it can do that because you're just engulfed in this cool electronic soundtrack and you're engulfed in, you know, some amazing stunts. You're engulfed in how beautiful they make California look, which isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in, you're engrossed in, you know, every little character moment that a lot of them just end up being kind of nothing, you know? Like, yeah. so, like, you're able to live in those and not worry about what scene the scene is happening because it really doesn't matter, you know? This movie is, I feel like, is a, not the tail end. It's in the midst of this era that came. I, I don't want to like blame it on Taken, but there was this era of almost like the impervious, the impervious mystery hero, and that's that's not a that's not a new like that's Clint Eastwood's career for thirty years back in like you know the sixties or the nineties. But there was never a moment in this where I felt. Like, he was in danger or jeopardy. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, even at the end... So, at the end... So, they filmed two endings where, you know, Driver dies and then and he or he kind of, like, just drives off into the sunset after he's, you know, ambiguously, you know, potentially survived. But, like, in every other moment, he's, like, this fucking unstoppable machine. And then you're able to draw your own conclusions and write your own narrative about how he's gotten that way or why he is that way or is he just naturally gifted or whatever it is like my long story short my whole reasoning for saying the movie is is simple not being a detriment is that it allows the viewer to enjoy 
like what's on the surface. This moment. But also you mm-hmm. can infer and make up your own background because Like where the fuck you get that jacket, bro. That's I, like I the story of that jacket. I literally I up, love that jacket. I literally looked up like man, I already have a satin jacket that I love, but nah. like if I get another fucking satin get jacket. Give me that satin jacket. I get that satin you look good in that satin jacket. I would look a good white, in that. A white satin jacket would fit you very well. A scorpion on it. Oh. It'd be really cool. It would be great. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll get you, get you eight satin jackets <laughs> with a different animal. Yeah, it, no, it's I every love that uh, is a jacket, scorpion. Scorpion's though. not like a uh, like a astrological. Yes, thing. it is for Scorpio. Ah, who, so I'll get you a different who, astrological. Genesis would steal it because Jen's a Scorpio. Okay, I thought Genesis was an astrological sign. I was like, I'm so confused. No, Gemini. No, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know anything about astrology? No, it's a bunch of horse shit. You know what you are? I'm a Capricorn. It's a bunch of horse shit. None of that matters. It's all stories that were made up. It's like the Bible that, and that's, and uh, what do you think movies are? Rhymes. Yeah, but those are entertaining. <laughs> There's nothing entertaining about. Oh, I'm I'm a cancer. Um, is there a particular scene that's your favorite, or something you like? More than I love the swerves that happen in this movie. I love the swerves. You knew I was gonna get to it. No, I don't because it's a stupid gimmick. But go ahead. It's not a stupid gimmick. I don't shit on your stupid gimmicks. Why you shit on mine? Talking about films educationally. I'm sorry. Talking about films educatedly. I'm sorry. Shut up. What's your thing? I love swerve. Someone else was at the pawn shop. I love that you don't swerve. He swerves the car. I I really liked how, you know, you think everything is going... Because in the first time that you're introduced to him being, like, the, the getaway driver, nothing goes wrong. Great opening. Great opening, but nothing goes Badass. wrong. But, you're, you but you're, on the, you're at the edge of the seat the you're whole time You're at the edge of your seat, but it doesn't end up going wrong. Yeah. He's able to back up in the dark thing another he call comes streets. in he knows the streets he like, drives right behind the cop which uh, is cold as ice amazing. he pulls into the, the, the basketball game and escapes yeah. it's shocking that that many people at a Clippers game I think that was a Clippers game I um, mean, it, it, it's just it, it's really so well done but I will say I do not like the simultaneous like basketball game on the radio it was a little too on the nose for this movie in terms of like like the commentary on the move on the game kind of matching like the experience a driver is having. I was like, eh, come on. That could have been a little better. Like a little sure, bit more background. Sure, sure. But, but anyway. Okay. But, so like, you know, you, you assume everything's going to go well. Swerve. It does not go well at the pawn shop. Swerve. He slaps a bitch. I'm not expecting that. <laughs> swerve. It's a swerve. Because I did not think he was, he's so mild-mannered and so calm. You don't think he's going to do it, but he does. Slap. Right yeah, on the face. He just had to, he just had to basically. Well, yeah, Okay. But still. Get away, drive, to save his life, and now his, not friend, but his crush's husband is dead, and he's got a bag full of money. Yeah, I would slap Christina Hendricks, period. Uh, Add her to my list, in case she she hasn't already. already You know what, just put the cast of Mad Men on my list. There's not a single person on the cast, from the cast of Mad Men, that I would not sleep with. Yes, there is. Name four of Ken them. Cosgrove. I'd fuck the shit out of Ken Cosgrove. Are you Harry. Me? Harry Crane? Me and Harry Crane would have a wild 38 minutes. <laughs> Give me two more. Um, Fat Betty. Bam-a-lam. Absolutely. <laughs> you have to tell the story. 
And the ice cream afterwards. <laughs> and, um... Um... Turn things. There are two that I've thought oh, of. Oh, there I are. That I've said, but I'm going to see if you can get one of them in your last guess. Bert? No, I'd fuck Bert. Are you kidding me? Look at those dance moves he has in the afterlife. I wouldn't fuck Glenn. <laughs> Why would you fuck Glenn? He's creepy and weird. He looks like a mini Alfred Molina. And I would not fuck Duck Phillips, because fuck Duck Phillips. He left Chauncey. I'd fuck Chauncey the dog before I fucked oh, Duck Oh, would you Phillips. fuck, would you fuck, um, what's his name? Um. Hmm? hmm? Uh, I forgot the name. Uh, Lane? Lane Price? Yeah, fuck Lane Price. Price is a cool dude. Make sure he wouldn't. That's a moment of huge Mad Men spoiler if you haven't watched it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, anyway, uh, alright, yeah, so all your fucking sort of. This isn't a scene. This is you're saying, like, plot things of the movie. Do you know what a scene in a movie Who'd is? Who'd you say? Duck Phillips and who else? Glenn from Mad Men. Okay. The, uh, Glenn. Um, I almost said Glenn Humplick. That's I, Tom I Green's added friend. cast of Mad Men except Duck Phillips and Glenn. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, no, I know, I know it's a, not a scene. I know it's a through line of the movie. It's multiple scenes and stuff. Um, so, besides the opening. The opening's fantastic. My last swerve. It's not really a swerve. It's just a disappointment. That blood that got on that jacket at the end when he started going crazy and he's wearing the jacket. Yeah. It's not coming out. I mean, you the whole can't point of wearing white. Out. Have you ever watched any wrestling uh, match where, like, they're wearing white? It's like, okay, these guys are going to fucking bleed. Like, that's what can't. you do, you know, to accentuate the blood. Um, oh, I do. I have a swerve. He ran straight into the car. Sent it flying. No, I love the opening. I love the ending. I, I love a lot in between. It's a great yeah, I like, mean, triple-decker sandwich. Um, it's got a lot of great stuff. I really love, let me see, what was my favorite scene um i really liked just anytime that um albert brooks was interacting with albert brooks is badass in this movie and it's a damn shame he got snubbed for an academy award he was one of the favorites to get nominated and just for whatever reason this movie got nothing except sound design and what was i believe a pretty weak year as well for oscars um well, we'll get to him maybe in a little bit. I, we probably won't, but um, I, I, I'm going to keep making my case. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of great scenes and candidates here. I like mm-hmm. uh, kind of his afternoon with the family, just set to, you know, the most famous song from this movie, um, which I do not know the name of off the top of my head, but I should. Um, and it becomes like you get a little bit of lightheartedness because him and the rapport that he has with the kid... Like, I love the kid. The kid's they great. Have like, they have, like, the great, like, the staring contest And, like, the little and smiles and, like, you know, the care for one another. Great. I like that they go to drive exactly where uh, the, the chase scene from Terminator 2 happens. It's like, oh, yeah, I know that spot. That's cool. Awesome. It's a great scene. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's also, like, you have that budding, budding romance and you're introduced, and then you're introduced to Oscar Isaac. And the first thing that I think anybody probably really saw Oscar Isaac in, and he's immediately amazing and electric. Uh, it's insane. It, and it's it's... He's captivating. Again, the storytelling is so simplistic, but you're just engrossed because you don't know. Like, you, there's this impending... See, you say that 
the pawn-chop thing it comes is a sort of it kind of comes out of nowhere, but you feel that something is going to go awry at some point. Sure. And it has to be that moment. It has to be that jolting because the car chase that comes after it is so awesome and the way that it's sped away and you don't get time to, like, really... Right. You know, like... Digest everything. Like, what's happened, mm-hmm. we just gotta kind of fucking go. Then he just slaps the girl in the face. What is up with you obsessed? So... Like, not even five minutes later. Like, two minutes later, she viciously gets her head blown off. Viciously? Which I always That was a swerve. I always always forgot that. I always forget how bloody the whole movie is. Super bloody. It's it's a very violent movie. so violent, and it's so unexpected because it is very calm in a lot of the pieces of it. Even when he's doing the getaway driving, he's so chill. He's so calm that it kind of brings you down to that. He has that... You know, he's he has not, that exterior right, where he's he not can panicking hold himself or, together. Exactly, and so it that's like the vibe that you get, and it's so ugh, the violence, like all uh, yeah. So I think my favorite scene, and one of the most badass things I've seen in a movie is the, is the elevator fight, because it's so stylized the way like he you know moves, protects her, puts her into the light. They share a kiss, no matter how ill-advised the kiss is. Um, because, like, so you're taking the time to kiss her. Like, that guy could stab you or shoot you at any moment. <laughs> but he's just in control, so it's fine. Um, and then the juxtaposition of that beautiful moment and then the she's viciousness. Scared, and she's just like, lit. what the fuck is that, this? That switch. That yeah. And that's the last time they're together. Am I? I think so. Incorrect. No, I think that's right. I don't think he goes back to see her. Not that we see. Because he goes to he goes to Brian Cranston, and he's mad that Brian Cranston basically tipped off like where she would be, mm-hmm. and then um, then he goes to Albert Brooks. He goes to a strip club. Shout out to that stripper who helps All him those out. Titties. <laughs> There's a lot of titties, but so there's many titties. A, the moment where like he goes and like he beats up fucking Puma guy, um, and you know he wants his answer, and there's just one stripper that just flat out hands him the phone or whatever it is that he needs. She's like, here, here you go. <laughs> I'm like, good for her. It's just funny to me. I don't know why. I like moments like that where um, it's like in Inglorious Bastards when uh, uh, the Bear Jew. You know, he beats the first guy to death. The second guy tries to run away, and the third guy, they're like, well, what do you think? You want to show us where the camps are? Boom. Like, right away, he points out everything. Yeah. And I like those moments of, you know, like, scared helping. Um, my, so is there anything, any scene or, or, or moment you particularly don't like in the movie? Um... While you think within silence. Um, I feel like the ending is a little too... What? You can't... You're rude. I'm not rude. I want you to think out loud. Because then you're going to make fun of me for that. No, I'd rather you think out loud because it's like not dead air. And I and people are like, did my podcast pause? Is this not you, working? Well, oh no, Samantha's brain, as powerful as it is, is can't churn words out from that... They never think the that mouth. because you don't shut your mouth. You don't. Because I have to. Because second. I make sure there's no dead air. Because mm-hmm. it's a podcast. Who wants to listen to nothing? 
You Ooh. know you could always edit it out, right? Oh, but you're too lazy to actually do your job. No, because you're too fucking busy for me to actually sit down oh. and fucking edit. And I don't want to have to listen to your voice twice. Um, mm. The ending is a little too, like, quick and simple for me. Like, basically, I feel like in the span of 10 minutes, 15 minutes... He puts on that mask that makes him look like John Travolta. That mask. That mask though. is terrifying. Terrifying. He looks like a combination of bald John Travolta Fucking and uh, Tim Robinson, and I think you should fuck. leave with that. <laughs> There's too much stuff on me. Too much fucking shit on me. It's great. Um, Creepy as fuck. Oh boy. So so, but he runs Nino off the road, and then like before you know it, I him love and that Albert Brooks. Scene, though that scene on the beach. Oh yeah! Oh no! It's wonderful waves. shot. And the horror vibes, the music, like, you just... Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's, wonderful, it's wonderfully done, but then we kind of wrap up from there. He goes and meets Albert Brooks. Uh, you know, they have their little, you know... Tet-a-tet. Tet-a-tet. Uh, they have their skirmish. He drives off. We finally see what happens. It's fitting. It's nice, but I kind of wanted something else. And I, I don't know why, because it, the movie didn't need, like, an oomph. Because the whole movie that really doesn't have an oomph. It has a lot of pows. Um, I don't know what I'm saying at this point. I'm just... I'm, I'm reviewing this movie like Batman TV noises. Uh, uh-huh. I just think it could have ended a little bit more triumphantly. Or tragically. It kind of ends in that open... but I think intentionally it does. I, I, I know. I just... Oh, but you don't like to think... More than you have to? No. So you wanted to tell you how the ending is? It's not what I said. That's what you meant. I'm making conversation with myself because it's one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? Of course I do. not. No, I do. What do you have to add? I just like how Albert Brooks was just like, slice! Just slice his throat. Brian, uh, Brian Cranston's. Nope, he slices nope. his forearm. The, the form, that's what I meant, not mm-hmm. the throat. I put he was like Sweeney Todd because he used the uh, the, sh- the straight razor. Straight razor, yeah. That's what, so I got confused mm. a little bit. I asked you what you didn't like about the movie. Oh, no, I liked that part. I didn't like having to talk about this movie with you, actually. Mm. It's my least favorite part of every movie that I watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing I really didn't like. You know, some of the portrait, I could have done with some of, I could have done without some of the portrayals and some of the casting that they did, but hmm, interesting. it wasn't anything too egregious, I think. I think the main players were all very well done. Um, so we, we can start getting into that, because the, as the movie was going on for you know, a good solid half an hour, I was like, man, like, everyone's kind of fucking crushing it. So there's that, that first scene where you kind of get introduced to Ron Perlman's character, and I, and I was like, oh, he's really dialing it up, you know? And I was like, I really hope that it's not going to be him because I still kind of like his performance, but it may be him out of necessity because he's... He has a couple, like, line deliveries. Like, he's, I forget his pussy line. He has a line about pussy that's just, like, pretty out there. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to have to be you, isn't it? But it's not him, I don't think. Um, do you have somebody in mind? 
I will say I don't think Christina Hendricks is the right fit for that character. I agree. I don't think she... Is, she didn't do anything. She doesn't do much at all. She like, didn't do much at all, she's but got she got very little screen time. Didn't she didn't do anything. She has hardly any lines. She didn't do anything for that character either. Yeah. So she's, um, a, she's another candidate for me. Yeah. But for me, ultimately, it is uh, the guy who plays uh, Cook, Puma Guy. Because he has, like, two scenes where... Uh, he's just, uh, like, a thug. Yeah, but he's, like, he's over the top in a way that isn't befitting, like, Ron Perlman and Nino. And he isn't understated at all, like, Albert Brooks or some of the other characters. Like, when he's having that conversation with Driver and, um, and Stan, uh, Standard, and he's being, like, threatening. And he's, like, mm-hmm. the way he's, like, kind of delivering what's supposed to be, like, these, like cool, quippy, like, gangster things. I'm just like, oh, this guy sucks. This guy. This fucking sure, guy. Sure, I'm okay and then, and then you see him again, like, at the diner, like, eating his food and, like, being obnoxious. I even felt like when he got beaten up by Driver in the strip club, I felt he was a little over the top. And he didn't fit the, the, the movie for me. Okay, I can, I can see that. Yeah, so that he would be my, my okay, pick. Okay, I'm okay with that. You were referencing just two minutes ago things you did not like were some of the characters and... and their portrayals and characterizations, and you don't have anything well, to no, add. That 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 was him. That was one. Uh-huh. Christina Hendricks was one. Uh huh. Um. I I love Ron Perlman, but I I don't think it was convincing one way or the other yeah, no, him no, no. in this role. Um, a Jew owning a pizza parlor. Um, this I like, fall on ABC. Huh? <laughs> this fall on Um I liked how like he interacted with like Albert Brooks, but I just didn't yeah. really like. It didn't really do anything for me, and all I was thinking yeah. about was him having like two big red horns on his head, like this fucking Hellboy character. Um, I hate how your brain works. Uh, just like I'm so sorry. That's just what I was thinking. Um, and then I'm not the biggest Carrie Mulligan fan, and I think I've said that before. Wow, really? I'm not a huge Carrie Mulligan fan because I'm like, why wouldn't you just get Michelle Williams to do it? Because it would have been done better. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I think Michelle Williams would have been very, very miscast in this movie. I completely disagree. Yeah, They're I, the same person! No, 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 no. I think in this, mm. Carrie, Carrie Mulligan brings a lot more, like, like, how oh, it's a, like, innocence mm. and, uh, what's the other phrase? innocence and now I'm not looking for gullible like naivety to it sure whereas with Michelle Williams I feel like Michelle Williams is a little bit more like hardened and Michelle Williams is going to be more vocal about her status you know, you know what I mean okay like it, it wouldn't work like just, I, if I see her and Ryan Gosling I'm just like okay that's just fucking Blue Valentine like sure. she has to be combative she's a little bit more you know Grizzled. Now, Carrie Mulligan, I feel, is that way now for promising a woman's been the project she's taken. But I think she's kind of good in this, in the, like, this, not completely silent, but this quiet, you know, whimsical, stoic woman. Um, I mean, she's not my MVP. She's not my MVP. Uh, I think Oscar Isaac was great. I think Brian Cranston is great. I mean, to me, it's on either Ryan Gosling or Albert Brooks. I, I, I mean, it's it. I think it's got to be Ryan Gosling. I, I think it has I, to be. Too, I don't think anyone sucks. else could bring such charisma to that role, and, and honestly, do as little as he did. Like he did not have very many lines. 
Hardly at all. But when he speaks, it's very it's meaningful, meaningful, it's powerful. Yes. Purpose. There's a lot of purpose, a lot of direction. Yes. There's something on your foot. I think it's a bug. Where? Like a leech. What? Is that like a, what is no, it? it's not a leech. What was it? It's like something off of a pen. Oh, it looked like a baby leech or something. No, why would a baby leech be on my foot? Who are you? What are you doing in my life? I don't know what you're doing. But I just think it's, it's, it's got to be right. I don't think anyone else could have done that role. It is. If you're Our breaking Brooks it, is great. If you're breaking it down for who's the most valuable part of this movie. It, it, it's Ryan Gosling. Not a lot of characters could, not a lot of actors could pull off a character that is as layered while being as nothing no, <laughs> as he, Ryan Gosling is, very, is in the movie. Yes, very, more like very introspective, very, you know, more silent and stuff like that. That's not, that's very difficult to do to get your character portrayal across and get people to engage with you and root for you. Yeah. It, that's difficult, and I think he does it really well. I think Albert Brooks does a great job as a villain. He's so damn good at being so this good. evil dick. So great. It's and unexpected, because you don't think that when you look at him. Oh, no. You, well, you look at him, and so You're he like, shaves oh, his eyebrows off. Yeah, look, look at this, like, like this elderly, schlubby Jew. This guy should be out getting pastrami right now. <laughs> and instead, he's slicing the fucking arm of Brian Cranston. Who... I thought Brian Cranston also did a great job. I thought... Yeah, you're really good. Especially, oh, most of his stuff was improvised. Right, I and he, he, he made the call of, like, you know, this char- if this character's going to be the way that he is, like, he, this guy needs to kind of, like, speak for him and overcompensate for, you know, everything. And he, he it, it is a good job. But Albert Brooks is just shocking. He said when you see him, you get this. But, like, if you were blind and you're watching it, you're like, that's Nemo's dad. <laughs> but like you forget about it, like as soon even before you know he becomes this you know, psychopath and is killing people, he still has the spooky calm to him. He mm-hmm. still has this power and like this you know suspension of disbelief of like this guy's really you know scary and doing these things. He makes you believe it. He makes you fucking buy it. Yeah. Absolutely. Very quickly. Absolutely. Even just like the the kind of like doom and gloom menace that he presents when he's you know talking to Brian Crane's character about the car or like the body when he's te- like kind of testing driver you know in the conversations that he has it's just like this guy fucking knows what he's doing yeah he knows and it's it's incredible um, but. I could see a couple other people doing that, whereas I can't see anybody else being Ryan Gosling in this movie. So, Ryan Gosling gets a nod. That is his fourth MVP. Woo! So, he is... Uh, oh, one of the greatest actors of our generation. He is in a tie. Is he in a tie for a second? He is in a tie for a second with Samuel L. Jackson. Wow. And James McAvoy on the podcast. And they are all behind the people that have five, which is Bill Murray... Tom Hanks, and Hugh Jackman. Wow. So that's our multi-time MVP leaderboard, uh, as it stands. Albert Brooks has been robbed, I think, three or four times at this point um, for this award. That's okay. We're going to get it to him one day. I'll have to just start buying movies. I'll have to buy Mother and other Lost in America movies he did in the 80s and 90s as mm-hmm. comedies, and just hope that he wins those. Um, what else on Drive? 
I think we covered everything. Yeah, I... I'm curious as to see this movie's, like, future. Like, I feel like if you were to go, like, in film circles online, people would be like, yeah, Drive's, drive's cool. I like yeah. Drive. But I, I really do think that where Gosling went and where the movie kind of didn't go, I mean, it's, it was on a lot of top ten lists. It was on a lot of, it was a lot of people's best movie of the year. Um, but I think, I think a lot of people just took it as style over substance, which I've argued was kind of the case. It's not a, it's not a mass movie. So this movie got a C minus cinema score, which means that like the way it was advertised, the way it was presented to people, they went to go see it and they're just like, what the fuck is this? It, this isn't for... Um, this isn't for mainstream. This isn't for people this that... This isn't for mainstream. This isn't for people that are going to a movie that was probably almost definitely marketed as, like, Ryan Cos, like, drives a car fast, and it's crazy action, yeah. you know? Yeah, it has a couple scenes like that, but it takes a while to get there, and there's not a lot of in this movie in the first place. So, um... Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I agree. This guy, Nicholas Winding Refn, uh... He also did Bronson, which was the movie that put Tom Hardy on the map early on. Um, he did Only God Forgives, The Neon Demon. All those movies are supposed to be probably pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, is what, uh, but he did get the one best director at the Cannes Film Festival for this movie. Uh, people like this, like these one trick, not one trick ponies, these, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, one Hit Wonders kind of intrigued me. I want to be one. <laughs> let, me, let me make one movie. People are like, that was pretty fucking cool. And then let me just make shit the rest of my life. I want to make, like, Drive, and then I want to make, like, the fifth Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. I'll sell the fuck out. It's like, oh, fucking go watch that then. If you want to see my good shit, good for you. As Michael Caine once said, I have not seen Jaws the Revenge. But I have seen the house that it bought, and it's lovely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what. I, that's what that's I want to do. That's what it's about, man. baby. I I will have the artistic integrity integrity of, a mouse. of fucking James, of uh, fucking Michael Caine. Trust me. Uh, you're gonna say James Corbin. James Corden. James Corden. Who's James Corbin? <laughs> James Robert. Corbin has no artistic integrity because he works in the deli. Uh, he comes on all the meat. Oh, is that, that was his name, James? No, it's Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things you just never forget. We had a running joke. Let me explain to people. <laughs> no, this guy just came on the meat. No, Samantha. <laughs> we had a running joke. Our local public, there was a guy. He was like kind of like, an, uh, not abrasive, but a, a New York no, type. He was he was cool. But like, he just wasn't the kind of guy that you normally see behind the deli counter of the Winter Garden Publix. So... We would get him. We, we got go, him for like. We would go there every week. We, we got him. We got him for like maybe like two straight months. So probably really he was kind of breaking. Us. Hey guys, how's it going? Like, what you guys need? You know, like you, like was, you want your cheese. You want your Everroast chicken. He like was he knew quick. It. He knew what he was doing. He was outgoing. We liked him, but like we could always tell. Like, there's something about this guy. And then that's kind of the scene. And then one day he was just gone. He like, was just gone. We never and, saw him again. And we're like, oh, maybe he's on vacation. Next week, not there. We're yeah. like, 
Oh, no. After like three or four weeks, I'm like, what would happen to him? You're like, he probably was coming on all the meats. Yeah, he got fired coming on the meats. <laughs> like, man. And it was just so. And we out still, there. to this day, this is probably like eight years ago at this point. <laughs> it's just like, where's Thomas, man? He's coming on meat somewhere, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, in, in Public Seven. Oh, yeah, he's definitely dead. Oh, that, guy, <laughs> that guy's dead. Uh, what's your score for Drive? <laughs> um, I think it's a great movie. Um, I can see why, though, this is only the second time we've watched it in ten years. Well, that's not, that's in, not a... In, you can't count that against the movie. No, no, if, no, no. I, I, it's not like it's an easy watch with the violence, you know, even though I forgot. It doesn't bother me, though. Well, for me, it, it, violence bothers me a little bit, but I think it's great. I think stylistically it's beautiful. Um, it's got great acting. We talked so much about it. I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a great movie. Um, can't wait to see what Ryan Gosling does in his next starring role as Ken in the Barbie movie. I'm and, I'm approaching um, Cats level of excitement for this movie because I'm so excited. because like it's good. It's already better than Cats. You know, it, it's a great movie. I really am a fan of it for all the reasons we talked about. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's great. I'm gonna give it a nine. I really really like this movie. I was also surprised. That was our second viewing because I really feel like this is one of the better movies that's probably come out over the past ten or fifteen years. Uh, it's it checks all my boxes. Great cast, great performances. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Script is great. Um, music, music style, yeah, all of it. Maybe couple little complaints I had aside. I think it's. A great look all around in terms of a film. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Oh, wow. So a 9.25 for yeah. Drive. Now, this is part of our Pick 'em Off series. So we have this massive list of movies that we didn't choose when the choices of two movies were presented. So I'm going to fire up, will you fire up the random number generator for me? And what we're going to have to do is, once you give me the number, I'm going to have to quickly look and see if it's available for streaming, because we are going to be watching it in basically three weeks' time, so we should be... we may not be unpacked. We may may not be unpacked, so we're just going to make... We may not be moved. Well, we should be moved, but we may... uh, Next week will be The Revenant. I think we said last week it was going to be The Revenant, but I was like, look, we're stressed, we're busy, I don't want to watch a two and a half hour movie I'm probably not going to like. Let's watch the hour and a half movie that I know I like. And then we got It's a Wonderful Life for our 400th episode, and then we'll also have uh, your nominated movie, Ready Player One. We should watch point. that with Jillian. It's a Wonderful Life. Check that off that book. Yeah, I was planning on it. I was planning on it. Oh, good. Uh, but let's see what movie... What am I doing? Numbers one to what? Uh, uh, to 112, the band. Okay. Peaches and Cream. Okay. 82. 82. 76. 77. 77. 77. 77. 77. 77. It's going to be good. It is on Netflix, so we should be good. The movie is Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, okay. Why do you say it like that? Like, you didn't like this movie. 
I think this movie is going to be the opposite to me as Drive was, and that I liked it when I saw it, and I haven't seen it since because it's a David O. Russell movie that probably hasn't aged well. So we'll find out, though. We'll see. Okay. Silver Linings Playbook. I feel like we've been hitting, like, the 2010s a lot lately. That's a lot of what we own, I hate to tell you. Yeah, it's because when I was bad with my money and kept buying movies. <laughs> oh, you mean now? Shut up. Some things never change. Uh-huh. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your movies. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Once we move, we might actually start making bonus content again. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Movies. Married Movies at gmail.com. Let's search the link of the show. At Mary W. Movies on Twitter. For me, at EarlSmalt38 on Instagram. For you. At Jam with your Sam. Uh, ArcadeAudio.net slash Podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary, which I need to finish for this week. It's Halloween Havoc 1996, a show where Roddy Piper talked so much at the end of the, the, the podcast. The podcast, Jesus Christ. He talked so much at the end of the pay-per-view <laughs> that uh, the pay-per-view feed just cuts off. Uh, you know how hard difficult that is? Sorry, I don't want to talk about wrestling. It's been one of the weirdest, craziest, stupidest weeks in wrestling fucking ever. Uh, which is saying something. Jeff Hardy got arrested again. Vince McMahon might be forced out of WWE because the, of uh, hush money paid to some woman he hired uh, to sleep with him. Uh, and what else happened? Uh, Sasha Banks might have gotten released. A lot's happening. A lot's going on. I don't have time for any of it. I don't care. Holy moly. Fuck it all. <laughs> Fuck it all. Read about Halloween Havoc 1996 instead. Yeah, now I get to stay up for two hours and work on this and everything else. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married to Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. That's why I went earlier to go to our house and leave the key. I just wanted to drive, man. Sometimes you just gotta drive. Yeah, you remember that What road? if I never came back? What if I just drove and just like never, never saw me again? Okay. Well, that's it? I mean, I would get you pronounced dead so I can collect all the insurance money. So way that can, like, prove, like, I'll just keep using my credit cards, like... Stolen. <laughs> you thought this out, haven't you? Yes. I, I've, I've considered every possibility. Sweet. You're stuck with me. Oh, I know. Aren't you lucky? Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.